Welcome to Bussin. Today we're on the 510, and I am very excited to be on this Proterra bus with uh, Proterra's Vice President of Customer Success, Mike Fennard. Mike, welcome to the bus. Hi, Aaron. Good to see you. Thanks. Yeah. It's fun to be on the bus. Well, do you get to ride buses very often? Uh, it's something that I try to do as much as I can. So we have, within my group, we travel a fair bit uh, to new customers, existing customers, and whenever we go places, we try to take public transportation rather than something else. Something else, yep. Well, as we're traveling out here today, I'd love it if you could give our listeners um, a little bit of background about Proterra. So you, I know you guys are a national company who are building electric buses and you're selling them all over the place, right? And you're, you also have, we have them here as part of our bus system in Greenville. Um, what else can you tell me about Proterra? When did it start and what's going on with the company right now? Sure, yeah. We're, we're fortunate enough to be riding on an electric Proterra Greenlink bus right now, which is cool. But yeah, so we started in about 2004 in Golden, Colorado, um, and it, we were actually funded by an FTA grant, uh, which is pretty cool because we're kind of one of the biggest FTA success stories from some of their early programs where they funded startup companies that were working on you know kind of the future of transportation. So we actually started out with a grant, and kind of the idea was the future of transportation, tomorrow's transportation. Yeah. And then y'all transferred, or you brought the company here to South Carolina into the Greenville area not too long ago, correct? Yeah. So in, we kind of really started to take off and really do what we're doing now in 2009, 2010. And at that point, there was enough interest to where we needed to expand our manufacturing. And where we were wasn't necessarily conducive to that, wasn't the best place for, for manufacturing. But Greenville, South Carolina is a great place for that. So we chose to come here in late 2010, early 2011. Uh, we moved the company here to Greenville, and we uh, kind of exciting. You know, we have our this is our biggest facility here. Most of our employees are here in Greenville. We've got some other facilities uh, in California as well. But um, here in about call it a month or so, we're going to start producing battery packs at our new 350,000 square foot battery only manufacturing facility in Greer by the airport. You said 350,000 square feet. How big is that? Like, is there a comparable measurement in my head that I could... Close to twice as big as the vehicle assembly plant that we have here that you've been to. Oh, I have. Oh my gosh, that's just huge. That's like so many football fields. Yeah, so we're going to be able to produce <laughs> about 8 gigawatt hours of batteries. Okay, how many buses will they, will those go into? Do you oh, have a man, sense now you're going to make me do math in my head. So um, let's see here. That would, that would build about 1,600 buses worth of batteries a year. Oh, my gosh. That's wonderful. So now will those be paired with buses then that you're pulling off the assembly line? Yep, and batteries will come from Greer over to our facility in Greenville where we're building our buses, and they'll also get used for our other customers. We have a second business we call Proterra Powered, and that's where we sell our batteries and our, our electric uh, technology to other OEMs. So uh, a lot of the batteries actually that will get built in Greer will be going to other OEMs, including, for example, uh, FCCC, which is Freightliner Custom Chassis, which is up in Gaffney, okay. where they make the chassis for Thomas-built bus, uh, Thomas built school buses. So oh, we, wow. we, we do the electrification for Did school buses, Did you know that South too. Carolina just got a huge grant for electric school buses? They're going to be powered by Proterra. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's all full circle here. We're yeah. here building everything it's here in Greenville. It's pretty neat. It is really cool. Well, tell me about this bus that we're on. So... Um, I know that Greenlink currently has four Proterra buses, 
and then they have some more on order with you guys. So we're going to be seeing them even more around town. Um, but how exactly does this thing work? Yeah, so this is, I like to think of it as a big golf cart. It's maybe a little bit more complex than that, um, but it's also pretty darn simple as well. So this bus is purely battery electric. So under the floor where we're sitting, there's four battery packs in this particular version. We have other versions with other configurations of batteries. This particular one has four. Um, And each one of those packs has about 6,000 cylindrical cells in it. So there's 36,000 little battery cells. So like, and they're as big as what, like a triple A? Uh, Like a double A. A A little bit bigger than a double A. It's it's a a form factor called 18650. Uh, in this particular version of the bus, we've moved to a different form factor going forward. But so it's a little bit bigger than a double A. There's okay. something like thirty six thousand. Okay, and they're they're all there under the floor. Under the floor, okay, and, and that's what provides enough energy to run the bus all day long. Um, there's an electric motor that replaces a traditional diesel motor, and that electric motor is about the size of um, like a five gallon pail. That's not very big. No. And, and this is a huge All bus. that drives the bus down the road. There's oh, a, wow. an electric motor about that size. Um, so you can drive around. And then the rest of the bus, we always just kind of say, is just a bus. It's got the same seats, the same doors. You know, the driver's workplace is very similar. Um, but they have the advantages uh, for riders uh, on the bus, obviously, of being fairly quiet. Uh, you don't have a loud diesel engine making noise. Uh, we have electric accessories that are also quiet and efficient. Um, and so it can be a, a pretty good experience for the operator uh, who, who has a hard job, right? Their job is to drive the bus around all day long. Uh, we think of them as just being a bus driver, but that's about half or less of what they actually do on a day-to-day basis. They have to, they're a fare taker. They have to give directions. You know, they're uh, um, a friend of the riders. They get to know their ridership. Yep. Uh, they, you know, they're a, 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 a psychologist, counselor, right? They're a bouncer sometimes. They have to do a lot of work. So we want to try to make their their experience, you know, their workplace, we call it, as nice as we can. Um, and so electric buses have a lot of characteristics that kind of lend themselves to a comfortable driver's workplace and a driver's uh, experience. So this bus will get about um, 20 miles per gallon equivalent. So a traditional bus might get about four miles per gallon. And we'll get about five times better efficiency with this vehicle. Okay. And then how long, either by mileage or time, can the bus go before it has to be recharged? This particular bus we're riding on will go about 150 miles. Okay. And then it will charge up in about four hours or so. Oh, okay. We have other uh, variations of this uh, vehicle that have a little bit more energy capacity that can go up to 300 miles on a single charge for longer routes. Okay. So that's interesting. I don't, and I would be, I'd need to check with Greenlink to see for them how long they run throughout the day. Because I know that they have to rotate them, but it also it depends on temperature, correct? There's some yeah, of that. Yeah, there's that, a lot of factors that impact range. Temperature is one of the biggest ones. Okay, so if it's on a colder day, it doesn't go, as it has to that's recharge right. more quickly? Yeah, uh, the, yeah, so on a colder day, one of the challenges with electric vehicles uh, that, 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 um, diesel traditional vehicles don't have is we have to make our own heat so a traditional vehicle they just work off the engine they have an engine that's actually really inefficient and all that inefficiency can go into heating the bus so they can take advantage of that we don't have that inefficiency our a traditional diesel engine 
uh, is maybe at best 25% efficient. That means it converts 25% of the energy in the fuel to driving the bus down the road. Our powertrain is more like 90% efficient. Oh, wow. So, we have so you very don't have little, very much left over. We don't have any waste heat, so we have to make our own heat, uh, which is so a common challenge with uh, electric vehicles in general is colder weather because it does impact range. So we have a lot of, uh, a lot of what we do in our R&D on our new buses and some of the things we have coming is working on improving things like cold weather performance. Okay. That's really neat. So those types of cold weather performance, what are other kind of areas within R&D, that kind of research and development that you guys are, other problems that have come up that you're trying to solve and other kind of future trends maybe that you're trying to jump onto? You know, one of the things that I think is fun, it's one of the reasons I really enjoy working for a company like Proterra, and I think probably why we do well with recruiting uh, other folks, engineers. You know, this, is, this stuff's real. While we've been doing it for 12, 13 years, longer than anybody else, that's still just, you know, a, 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 just a tiny bit in time compared to other technologies that are, you know, 120 years old. So what that, what that means is, uh, there's a lot of room for continued development. And you can, as, a, as an engineer or a person that works at Proterra, you know, in whatever capacity, you can have a lot of impact on the product and like a really significant uh, visible improvement in some part of the vehicle. So there's, there's just a lot of room for continued advancement. So every day we've got folks in R&D working on new batteries, new powertrains, new HVAC systems that are more efficient in cold weather, for example. Um, a lot of other things that uh, you know, try to be creative about how we use the energy that we have mm-hmm. in the best way we can. So um, it's, a, it's a, a lot of what we spend our time on. Uh, and that's, I think, again, a really neat part of why why I like to work for a company like this and why others do as well. Yeah, your your impact can be kind of greater because yeah. nobody else has been there before. Right, it's like the first person to the moon. Yeah, this footprints exactly, yeah. still there. Yeah, you could have a you could come up with a new design and it could imp- it could be ten percent better uh, for the vehicle and you know that's that would never be possible on a more mature older technology. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah. that's true. There's a lot of innovation that hasn't yet even been not not even you know, invented or thought of. I mean, it's just not even on anyone's radar. Yep. You can ask the questions. Creativity and new thoughts. How are you guys impacted with your, the way that you're placed at this point, both in South Carolina, both in Greer and then the assembly plant, the stuff in California, how does that impact the supply chain stuff impacted by that? And then also maybe the way the um, employees searching for good employees right now. We have three facilities. Uh, We have a battery factory and a co-located bus factory in LA. Okay. And then we have a battery R&D center in uh, Burlingame, which is the Bay Area, San Francisco. Um, that's quite small. Uh, Greenville is, our, is by far our biggest location, especially now that we have two facilities here. Um, interestingly enough, we have, uh, since COVID, we've more than doubled in size from an uh, employee count oh, standpoint. Wow. So from somewhere around 500-ish to, I think, over 1,200 now, just since COVID started. And a lot Y'all of that's been here. Trouble finding we've employees. had we've had really really good luck <laughs> finding great. employees, and and I'd say in particular in Greenville, it's been really really good. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons we came here was access to skilled, uh, you know, a, a big skilled labor force. Uh, you know, great universities. Uh, there's a lot of really good resources here uh, to help from an employment standpoint. So, I think we've done really well on that front. Um, and supply chain. Uh, like everybody, we are impacted 
mm-hmm. uh, by that right now for sure. So a lot of our efforts are going into, you know, working through uh, adding robustness to the supply chain uh, because we really do have a, a, a supply issue, not a demand issue for mm-hmm. sure. We've got demand for days. And we just need to figure out how to build more buses faster. Yeah. So where are all of your buses now? I know that you travel a ton to talk to your customers about new buses and things you have coming online. So how how far have you gotten? We've got buses in not quite every state. And I don't want to, I'd say the wrong thing if I told you how many we didn't have. It's only a couple that we don't have uh, uh, buses in in the U.S. So all over the U.S. and Canada. Oh, wow. We actually just delivered a what we call a pilot bus to uh, BC Transit, which is in Victoria, British Columbia. Um, I got there a day late because the weather was too bad on the ferry that you have to take to get there. <laughs> you had to put so the bus on a ferry. To... bus goes on a ferry. Oh, wow. We've got buses in Alaska. Um, if you uh, uh, Do you drive the bus to Alaska? How does the bus get to Alaska? bus goes on. It's, I, I'd love to show you a picture of it. It goes on a barge. And they put our bus on, you know, like the shipping containers? Yeah. It was a barge with lots of shipping containers on it. Our bus was on the top of, like, a stack of six shipping containers. So That would be a like great 70 picture. 70 feet in the air is our bus sitting on top of a barge. That's how that one got to um, Alaska. But so, yeah, all over, the, all over the North America, we are right now just delivering 75 buses to Miami-Dade Transit. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, things are going really well. Yeah, that sounds really good. Now, have you all gone into off of this continent yet? We do that through our Proterra-powered business. Okay. So we are providing batteries Batteries to other, for their... Yep. So, for example, a company called BusTech is in Australia, and they just launched their bus with our batteries. And we also electrify... Um, Several different types of buses in Europe through a couple companies. One of them being Van Hool. Uh, so we make a uh, they make an over the road coach uh, with uh, with our batteries, and they also make a double decker bus with our batteries. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you guys decide, or how do the designers decide what kind of length you need, or how you know what I mean? Like, how do you decide what your customers need in that way? And do you have various options available for? We do, yeah. I, I actually, part of my title is also uh, head of product management. So I get to kind of uh, help steer the ship, so to speak, as far as what we actually offer to our customers. So from a transit perspective, um, traditionally, 40-foot buses, which is what we're on right here, make up probably 80% of, uh, of you know, transit bus sales in the U.S. So they're, the, they're certainly the lion's share of it. And we also build a 35-foot bus. Um, and a lot of people are moving towards smaller buses. So one of the things that a trend uh, that we've seen a little bit of is since COVID, you know, ridership dropped off. And uh, it's come back uh, pretty well and really well in some places, not as well in other places. Uh, but I think it's resulted in everybody looking hard at what tra- what is transit now? Because I think it fundamentally changed it. So there's more consideration for a little bit more flexibility than just a pure traditional fixed route system. Uh, a little bit more flexibility, maybe with smaller buses um, running on more routes with some more flexibility. So uh, we also offer a 35-foot bus. Okay. Well, I know that's one of the things here in Greenville. So the Proterras can only go on certain routes because of the turning radius. of The, the 40-foot yeah. turning radius is too big for some of the smaller neighborhoods or, or just roads that are, so, that are thin, that are old, right? Yeah. So they just can't really build them out or widen them. And so... 
there's some restrictions on some of that. I'm sure yep. that's in other communities right. as well, especially older communities, I would imagine. Yeah, the 35-foot bus is a little bit more uh, maneuverable. More nimble. More nimble. Yeah, it is. Five feet doesn't seem like that that much, but I, I trust you. I trust you that the, the 35 would be easier. To, I'm sure it's easier to turn. Um, so when people do, so when you build a bus, so take me through that. So you're putting the bus together. What are the steps involved? Like you get, um, yeah, just tell me how, how the bus is put together. All right, so the way it works uh, is, and this is, this is specifically what my team is responsible for. So when a new customer. It was a customer, good question, right? It was, like, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> when we get a new, uh, call it a lead, uh, someone that's interested, uh, then they'll, uh, the sales team is kind of there out, you know, pounding the pavement. They're working on generating those leads and, and uh, preaching about uh, electric buses and Proterra. And when someone gets interested, then uh, they work with someone on my team. We call them CPMs, Customer Program Managers. And they're kind of uh, folks that are just uh, very skilled at a lot of things. They, uh, you know, they're, they're really knowledgeable about the needs of customers, what transit is, how our buses fit in with a particular operation, uh, and they're good at working with our customer. We call it customer success because their job is is to deliver customer success. And when you're deploying electric buses, uh, a lot of times, you know, it's maybe for the first time, right? Something that you haven't done before, and it's not the same. We've done it now for 13 plus years, and it's not the same as traditional uh, bus deployment. So. Uh, you need to consider a lot of different elements uh, that you maybe wouldn't have in the past. It's very cross-functional. To do it right, the entire transit agency or the entire you know, customer, uh, they have to all be synced up. It's, it's uh, maintenance, it's operations, operators, planning, um, all those sorts of fo- use of data. Uh, you know, all those sorts of folks need to be involved in it to be successful. So anyway, that's my team's job. But um, what will happen is they'll, uh, we'll have a series of, of meetings uh, and we'll start to configure the bus. So pick out the floor. How do you want the seats to look? You can choose, you know, for example, the green link bus that we're on here has the, the bright green seat inserts that match the motif of green link transit. So you can, you can choose all those sorts of things um, and a lot of different options for uh, the driver's uh, workplace layout, the door type that you have, um, cameras, you know, security systems. You can choose all those things and we'll help you uh, define all that stuff. And then we'll give that package, uh, the configuration we call it, to our engineering team who will do the engineering work, release a bill of materials. We'll buy all those parts, and then uh, we'll start uh, to build the buses, and my team will work with the customer uh, from end to end. And, of course, that's just, uh, I call it a three-legged stool. T- to be successful, you got to have three things. you got to have the bus, which I just talked about. You also need the charging infrastructure because, obviously, if you don't have that, uh, you know, electric bus isn't going to do you much You're only good. You're just going to get that one ride. Yeah, just that one time. Um, and then you have to have uh, kind of other things that are really important. Training, workforce development. Um, you know, there's elements of, uh, you know, making sure that you're integrating with the community so you get the benefit, uh, you know, outside of just, you know, the, the the bus itself. But there's, there's I think, you know, pretty significant benefits to the community otherwise. And we want to make sure that we help customers take advantage of those. Um, and then there's things like data. There's a data stream coming off of every bus. We have a system called Valence, which uh, is a telemetry system. And we can use that data from the bus and the charger and help with uh, the operational aspects of the bus. Diagnostics or something like that? Yeah, diagnostics, that's part of it. Also, what we call um, uh, operations optimization. So when are you going to charge? 
what time, for how long, uh, and what routes are best suited. Uh, are you using the, the, the bus in the best way possible to get your you know, maximum benefit? Uh, we, we offer those services. Um, and so it's my team's job to kind of pull all those three things together, the three legs of the stool together, and then at the end of the day have a successful deployment. Now, when you talk about training and things like that as you first deploy a bus, like when you guys, when GreenLink first bought the Proterra buses, did you did the drivers need extra training for these types of buses? Is it different to drive an electric bus? It is a little bit different, yes. Yeah, so we will provide training. That's part of what we offer as well to all of our customers. We do operator training uh, for the operators. And I joke about it being a big golf cart. It kind of really drives like a big golf cart. It really does. I see those all the time around Greenville, so <laughs> yeah. that's a really good uh, metaphor for us right now. It's pretty much a big golf cart. Um, and, you know, the majority of the controls are very, very similar. They're used to the door operation, the ramp, you know, the ADA ramp, and all the other controls are very, very similar. Mainly what we focus on is how to drive the bus efficiently because there is a pretty significant difference between someone that is driving efficiently and maybe less so that can impact uh, the range or the cost to charge the bus, uh, you know, when you're charging it. So we do work on that uh, with our with our customers, and then we also do maintenance training for their maintenance staff. So Te- they're able to keep training. them on the road. Yep, so we teach them how to work on the bus and make any repairs, uh, preventative maintenance, that kind of a thing. Um, and then the last thing that we do is uh, we work with first responders. We do first responder training because oftentimes they're not familiar with an electric vehicle uh, like, like the bus that we have here, so we work with uh, the, the local first responders. Okay. That's great. Well, how did, how did you get into this field? So what brought you to transit? Well, the funny thing, so I'm actually, I mentioned um, that uh, the company moved here in 2010, uh, and we kind of started doing really what we're doing here in 2009, uh, which is when I started. And our, our founder, Dale Hill, retired end of last year. And when he retired, that made me employee number one. So I'm actually the, uh, the longest tenured employee now at Proterra. I've been here for quite a while. Uh, and so I started in the, I have a, a degree in engineering and I worked uh, in the auto industry in uh, southeast Detroit for a while. And then I kind of decided I wanted to get out of that and do something a little bit more, uh, more you know, technologically advanced. Um, so I worked for a company that did uh, consulting, uh, engineering consulting, and at that company, I did a, a, a project with another bus company that does not exist anymore, but they were, they were doing an a advanced hybrid powertrain, and I worked with them on that project, and that kind of got me interested in transit, and it also opened the door for some opportunities to then later join Proterra in Golden, Colorado. So my wife and I picked up and moved uh, after just having gotten married. She likes to tell a story uh, where I moved, and she stayed back to sell the house and pack everything up. <laughs> um, but she we gets moved. a little credit for that, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, and rightfully so. But we moved in 2009 to Colorado, and then um, I promptly uh, left her there and spent most of my time in California <laughs> with uh, where I was the project manager for the first three electric buses that Proterra ever produced. And um, we say the first heavy-duty uh on-route fast-charge buses in the world, uh, which we deployed in 2010 uh, in California to Foothill Transit. So I kind of spent a year out there doing that, uh, and then we packed up and moved here to Greenville. 
okay, and you're here more now, right? You're yes. Not <laughs> yep. Launched and around the country. That's right. Too well. yeah. It sounds uh, like you travel a lot to keep up with all your customers and, and help with some of the those intricacies about the launching in the different communities. I do. Yeah, we. It's one of my uh, the things that I like about the job. I, I really enjoy going to our our customers and seeing their operation, getting involved with them, and just. You know, generally helping to make sure that they're going to be successful. It's one of my favorite parts of the job. And there's, it's really satisfying to maybe have seen a bus leave the assembly line and then who knows when, uh, maybe a year later, uh, you see the bus in the wild driving around. It's really, a, you know, a, 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 it's a good feeling. Yeah, well, the impact's pretty great. I mean, especially the footprint is mm-hmm. getting bigger and bigger every day with the buses yeah. coming up. Now, how many buses uh, do you all produce a year? I meant to ask you that earlier. We'll build about 250 buses this year. And if we weren't supply chain constrained, we would likely build more than that. Okay. So it's just... There's more demand than that. There's more than... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. What else should I be asking you, Mike, that I haven't touched on today? Um, Well, let's see here. We have uh, about uh, 1,100 buses in the field, over 1,000. In the wild. In the wild. Buses in the wild, yep. With 135, 140 customers. Um, and that's growing pretty quickly, you know, every year. Uh, and, um, you know, I think one of the things that is uh, most exciting about, uh, you know, about for me, I- I'll say, one of the things that's most exciting for me about it is that growth uh, within the industry. Uh, transit in the U.S. has really been a leader in electrification, uh, converting from traditional diesel to electric vehicles. Um, it really, you know, we're, we're ahead of uh, other other transportation segments. Medium and heavy-duty trucks are only just starting to, to kind of uh, figure this stuff out and, and get interested in it. And it was really Proterra that started this whole trend, you know, 13-plus years ago. Um, and, and it was, uh, you know, for quite a few years, we were the only ones with this crazy electric bus, you know. And uh, and then I was just at a show a couple weeks ago. Uh, the California Transit Association show was in um, L.A. area, Ontario. And uh, there probably was, I don't know, 15 vehicles in there. And every single one of them was electric. Oh, from wow. small vehicles uh, that we, we, we partner with a number of other companies and they use our batteries. Some smaller uh call them cutaway shuttles, maybe paratransit vehicles, all the way up to buses like ours. But uh, and there was a double-decker, in fact, there that we also electrify, has our batteries, and everyone there was electric. And I guess uh, that's a pretty neat thing. That is uh, very know, neat. In, in a relatively short amount of time, we've uh, you've been able to really uh, get an industry to convert over yeah. almost entirely. And um, that's a pretty rewarding thing for me. You know, over, the to- over that time, we've We've certainly learned a lot of lessons, uh, you know, maybe how to do it, how not to do it in a lot of cases. You know, certainly plenty of mistakes have been made over the years, uh, and we, but we've kind of built up, you know, we solve one problem, and then we realize, well, in order to do this better, we need to do this. We need mm-hmm. to create this tool or, or offer this service or, or build out this training, and we've just done that over the years to where we've really got a pretty complete... We got it pretty efficient. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of a neat... A neat thing uh, for me to just see it all grow and the expansion over the years. Yeah. yeah. Now, are, is the is the U.S. or even North America is is the electrification of the transit industry here in on pace with other parts of the world? Are we ahead? Are we behind? Like, how do we compare well, internationally? I would say that we're uh, 
I think we're in a good position comparative to uh, Europe, for example. Um, China really has kind of led the way uh, through subsidized conversion, mm-hmm. you know, government-led conversion. They've got more battery electric buses than any, uh, anywhere else by far. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, comparatively, transit in the U.S. is still relatively small when you think of it compared to Europe, for example, mm-hmm. or other parts of the world. Um, you know, it's it's just not quite as as prevalent, you know, as those parts. So, relatively speaking, uh, I, I think we're we're ahead of of much of the rest of the world. Okay, and moving quickly. Yeah, well, it sounds like it. It's and it's it's one of those things that it's not only a source of pride to us locally that Proterra is here, but it's a when people talk about electric buses that not only are y'all here building buses for everywhere else in the world, but that Greenlink has them and that we're able people can ride on them here and that we're able to do that. It's just. Um, something that people can experience directly. Um, that's a you know the same sort of experience that others are having around the world as well. That's right. Very, that's right. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to invite our, our listeners to ride a Proterra bus or any bus. Just come get on a bus and uh, and see what you think about it because uh, it is it is a lot of fun uh, to get around town on a bus and it certainly gives you an opportunity to have great conversations like this. So Mike, thank you so much for riding with me today. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is great. And uh, for all of our listeners, make sure you uh, like this episode and share it so that we get all the likes everywhere. Thank you. Bussin', the Greenville Transit Podcast, has been brought to you by Greenville Connects and is produced by the Greenville Podcast Company. Please make sure to check us out and give us five stars so everybody can find us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.